Hi de nu and apologies to another section of the English speaking world. In case you couldn't tell, this is my terrible Scottish accent because we are in specifically southern Scotland this week and we're not alone. We're joined by Shane McMenemy from the excellent Mixtaping Identity podcast. He is a massive Frightened Rabbit fan and that's who he's picked as his underrated pick. But we'll also be talking about Calvin Harris as an overrated pick. And there's even a little quiz at the beginning with some sound effects. Thank you, Fran, for your stellar editing. See you on the other side. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over-underrated? Over-underrated. Sous-évalué. Over-underrated. Over-underrated. Welcome back to Over Underrated. It's I, Fran, and I'm here with my co-host, Babs. How are you doing, Babs? Greetings, Fran. Uh, I have a slight cold, so apologies, uh, you know, for editing already. Um, but the good news is I'm drinking something which obviously is very good for dealing with colds, which is a Mosaic Pale Ale from a Latvian brewery. So there we go. I'm sure that I will feel so much better after talking lots and drinking beer this evening. I can't say I've tried that beverage I'm, can really? you can you compare it to anything in the uk well i mean a pale ale a pale no, ale. a pale ale that's probably less hoppy like i'm one of those people i like beer but i don't i don't really have the vocabulary i don't know about levels of hops or brewing methods so it is a nice pale ale from my local hipster uh, beer shop basically and i'm drinking some Tea from PG Tips. Thank you very much. Ooh, no sponsorships or any monkeys involved <laughs> in the podcast. Not, not yet. Anyway. What have uh, you been listening to this week, Babs? So I have been listening to Lightning by Charlie XCX from her latest album Crash, which, you know, I've mentioned before, I'm a big Charlie XCX fan, but her latest album kind of disappointed me a bit because mm-hmm. it sounded quite retro when she's quite a future looking pop star. But I listened to it again and that song really stood out for me. It's got some flamenco guitars mixed with some wild synths and auto-tuned effects on her voice it really works very well I, I recommend checking it out and um I've also and I messaged you about this been reeling from the Sparks Brothers documentary which I saw recently and I absolutely loved it more than I thought I would I think you did too right yeah I, I adored it also I know this is kind of retro too but if you buy the blu-ray there's loads of extras worth watching Oh, really? Oh, okay. There's like a full show, there's loads of interviews and extra. Yeah, it's it's worth buying on Blu-ray or DVD. Well, I I have a DVD slash Blu-ray player, but I've never bought a Blu-ray in my life. It might be be the chance of that. But what what have you been (laughs) listening to slash watching? I love that your first Blu-ray being 2022. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Get in with it. I have been listening to a Canadian band called Arkells and another Canadian singer called Light, because I saw them live recently. And had a great time. I had a, had a, a lovely time, because in Canada they play arenas of like 10,000 people, and in the UK they play to 400 people in Brighton. So it's kind of yeah. nice <laughs> to make all these Canadians jealous. Um, yeah, they like just... Um, Light's is like... Uh, she's been around for like 15 years. She's like an ultra cool... Electro pop star, I guess, and Arkell is a kind of like a, a new wave band for this generation with a ever so charismatic front man who runs into the crowd and we all sing and clap. It's very heartwarming. 
I, I'd honestly never heard of them. Have they been around for a while? Then? Yeah, they've been around since 2008. And like, I, I wow. don't know why they come to the UK. Because like, <laughs> you know how like bands like, uh, loads of bands in the UK, a bit like the Manics, I know they're touring now, but they kind of like dismissed America because why should they be playing like small venues when they can play, you know, arenas? But our kills just keep hammering it every, every two years. They get no airplay at all. Wow. <laughs> and Hopefully yeah. that's changing after your promotion of them. Well, I mean, I think they toured with like Frank Turner a couple of years ago, so we get those mm. like Frank Turner fans in the audience. But yeah, they still keep coming. I guess they just enjoy oh, Europe, I guess. But yeah, it's lovely to me. Okay, well, there we go. Well, we're not alone today, uh, and I'm sure uh, we can ask our guest what he's been listening to as well. We're joined today by podcaster Shane McMenemy from the Mixtaping Identity podcast. Welcome, Shane. Hello. How are you? Hello, what have you been listening to and have you been to any gigs or seen any documentaries? <laughs> um, I mean, I my music listening is very much dominated by my show, to be honest, uh, because I have mm-hmm. like, I have 15 song playlists to listen to for, for every guest. Do you want to explain your, your, your podcast? Because I, I, it's a concept I really, yeah, really like. Yeah, absolutely. So I, my concept is basically it's about trying to get to know someone through their taste in music. So we focus on the sort of um, like emotional connections with music. So like songs that make someone feel a certain way or songs that remind you of like a person or a place. And so I'll not go through all of them, but there's, there's 15 prompts. Um, and then we release mm-hmm. the the playlist on a Monday. The podcast comes out on a Thursday. So the the podcast is essentially just talking through those fifteen songs and and why they picked them. Um, but I up until um, a couple of years ago had a very very limited bubble of music that I listened to. It was very much like um, my most listened to songs. You know, the Spotify makes you your like top one hundred list. Uh, of my course. my top list for twenty seventeen was my. Uh, playlist that I went to for 2018 and 2019 and 2020 so um, yeah. uh, I don't know an awful lot about uh, music in general so I uh, I make a point to try and listen to as much as I can so so yeah my music listening is very much dominated by by the playlist at the minute um, but yeah uh, Beyonce's renaissance is um, big at the minute and uh, mm-hmm. Harry Styles new album as well which um, I've really mm-hmm. come around to in a big way. So, so yeah, those have been the main things I've been listening to at the minute. So, have you been pleasantly surprised by some of the picks that your your guests have chosen? And are there <laughs> artists, for example, that you thought were overrated, but uh, but perhaps yeah? Not? Do you know what I've? Um, and this is probably this is probably a, a theme of of what we'll talk about. But um, but yeah, I I used to be very close minded around my music taste. Um, and I think I think a lot of us go through it as like teenagers, where you know if it's mm-hmm. if it's not the kind of music that I like, then it's bad. Um, and yeah, the more I've been doing the show, the more I've been sort of, I, I try to be very open-minded about the music that people put forward. Because, you know, if, if I, I had people pick 15 songs that were important to them and then they came on the show and I sort of shat all over them, then uh, I, I wouldn't get many people coming back. So <laughs> I um, I have to be very upbeat and positive. And, uh, and yeah, like I've, I've, come around to an awful lot i think the the main one i think harry styles is, is a big one because i i really couldn't stand him and i think he's incredible um and carly ray jepson is another good example because mm-hmm. i sort of wrote her off as the uh i really 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 like you girl and you know call me baby and uh she has two albums which are absolutely insane and uh yeah now i listen out for her new stuff which yeah if, if you said that to me as a teenager that I'd be really into Carly Rae Jepsen the way I am now I would have um, 
<laughs> I wouldn't have liked it. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, she's she's a big one that I've really come around to for sure. I've definitely heard because there's a certain album of hers that people keep banging on about, like a one word album that I, I can't remember off the top of my. Is it not? I, I want to say lights, but that's the name of uh, the band that Fran just promoted. I know the one you mean. Emotion. There we go. Yeah. Emotions, I feel like, um, I think it was, I mean, Fran, you you will, do, well, I don't, I think you know this reference, you know, Dan from a gay and a non-gay, mm-hmm. who's really into metal, he's really into Emotions by Carly Rae Jepsen, so I was like, okay, that's an interesting person yeah. who normally wouldn't be into that kind of pop music is, and he's not the only one, I've definitely seen it, at, you know, like non-pop people really recommending mm-hmm. it. I think people compared it to um, Taylor Swift's 1989 as being like a perfect pop album that, you know can span more than one genre yeah. so i think it's, it's like a gateway for a lot of like non-pop fans i guess but it's but one of the good things about streaming streaming is that you can like dabble in other genres 100%. like in the C, in the cd market you may be too embarrassed to go and uh, <laughs> buy, an, buy an album but now you can secretly you know play at home so that's one of the, Definitely. Of the positives and, and secretly you know you're talking about the spotify rap mm-hmm. chain i like i well i'm not on spotify anymore i'm on i'm on tidal but um tidal has a monthly you know what you've listened to the oh, most yeah. and then like a um a global one and i i've just like no one is doing this but i am i'm doing it in um in the hope that other people will join me i'm now sharing my monthly list because i just i just think it's interesting and i want to kind of start that conversation yeah. but when when i had spotify i would i would fucking go for it with the stats and share everything and really want everyone to kind of share and so many people are like no but i'm just too embarrassed mm, to mm. share what my music tastes is i'm like that's such a shame yeah, like same. that's stopping stopping you from from expressing yourself and kind of having conversations about music like very often you know my, i think one year like there was a drake's song was number two which is number one not really my music taste but i just got really obsessed with this one song but it's like i, I don't i don't care that it's drake <laughs> no who cares um yeah. he's got one or two good ones you know when spotify first came out and you could like follow people spotify via facebook i think i knew people who would log out to listen to certain songs no because they knew their friends were, could monitor them yeah it was that oh, sad. No. That makes sense. That's sad. I'll tell you something else I've been listening to quickly before we move on. Um, there's a song I, uh, by Jackie Lumsden, who's an Australian artist, and the song is called Closer. Um, and she's like, this is this is very hipster. Like, guaranteed no one listening will, will have heard Here of it. Here we go. You're, you're moving back into the hipster credentials. 100%. I, I see you, Shane. Absolutely. I see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, she's uh, she was a guest on on my show, um, but genuinely, I'm I'm a fan now, and um, just in the whole like that sort of pop music sphere, Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift, um, it's a very eighties vibe, very synthy. Um, she is incredible. She's a song at the minute called Closer, and uh, one out previously called Florence, and both I think are perfect pop songs. So highly recommend to anyone who's into that kind of music. Very good. Some good recommendations there. But yeah, can I can I ask you, Shin? Because the reason I discovered your podcast is because I'm absolutely obsessed with Auntie right, Donna, yeah. the uh, Australian sketch cheer. Seemingly, I have. I mean, I've only listened to two or three of your episodes, but most of your guests are Australian. Yeah. I presume that you are based in Australia, but you're based I'm in Belfast. Yeah. How how did that happen? <laughs> good question. Um, there's a there's a few different avenues really, but it's it's all been through word of mouth. Um, I got into um Australian comedy through a couple of different ways. Um, there's a podcast called Finding Drago. Don't know if you've heard of it. Um, yep. Highly, highly recommend. It is a um, like a true crime investigative kind of um, podcast, but it's comedy 
The stakes are very, very low, um, and it is genuinely hilarious. I think it's one of the best podcasts ever ever made. Um, but I got to know a couple of people through just being a fan of that. Uh, I got to know someone through Twitch, and uh, his partner is a, a fairly successful comedian, Emma Holland, uh, in Australia. And yeah, she knows Michelle Brazier, who's in with Auntie Donna, and just yeah, word of mouth. So um, a few different avenues, but yeah, it's it's been a bit a bit strange um, spending a, a year of my life spending you know talking to Australian comics and getting to know them pretty well. But um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. But we are not in Australia today. We are not in Ireland or England or even Belgium, where I am. We are in southern Scotland, such as the theme, the very loose theme of today's show. Um, so, Shane... Is, is that the official title? That's the official South, theme. Southern Scotland. <laughs> southern Scotland, yes. The official theme is Southern Scotland because um, the overrated act is from Dumfries and the un- uh, underrated band are from Selkirk. So I looked at a map of Scotland and I was like, well... It's Southern Scott. I know, mean, unless you can think of something else, from <laughs> Overrated. But anyway, so Shane has chosen both acts and created both playlists uh, today. So Shane, do you want to tell us who your overrated act is and why you've picked them today? Uh, yeah, so I mean, as we sort of said, the, the link is is slightly tenuous. Um, so to be honest, the reason <laughs> I picked the overrated act is because I wanted to start with Frightened Rabbit and, and work my way backwards. Um, but yeah, I've, I've picked Calvin Harris uh, as the as the overrated choice. I'll say like, I'm. it's not that I really dislike Calvin Harris. I think his music is fine. I think the main thing that I really uh, don't like about Calvin Harris is that I feel like his music is very cynically produced, very commercially driven. Um, and I think that there's a couple of songs that we'll talk about, but I think he's very good at sort of capitalizing on on trends and things that are popular. But for me, there's not a, there's not any real substance to that. And I think that's fine. But I do think that it sort of put him on this sort of, uh, I don't know, this tear of being almost like a global superstar and I personally don't think the music actually reflects that I think that's a result of some very clever marketing um which as a music fan just leaves me a bit cold to be honest Fran I don't think we've ever talked about Calvin Harris so I have absolutely no idea how you feel about him well 2007 I was DJing and I remember playing um Except in the eighties, a fucking lot, because the kids loved it. So, so yeah, he's a, he's he's strange because he was like an electro pop artist for the first two albums, wasn't right. he? He was writing everything, he was singing, and he was touring. Calvin Harris, the the singer, and then he slowly started to work with like well Dizzy Rascal, and then he kind of like vanished and came back as like the superstar Calvin Harris DJ with loads of like big stars and he wasn't singing anymore and that seemed to be what he was selling to America and this like Calvin Harris who I knew was kind of like pushed to the shadows <laughs> a little bit so yeah so when I think of Calvin Harris I think of 2007, 2008, 2009 Calvin Harris like get ready for the weekend and you know girls etc with the black floppy hair mm-hmm. um awkward singer <laughs> Calvin Harris but yeah I now he's become like David Greta and mm-hmm. he's like this uber superstar but I listened to some interviews and stuff today and he's 
he reckons that he gets bad reviews because people who listen to his music are guys in their 50s who were from bands and they don't understand him. And it says, Does he get bad reviews? Yeah, he reckons he gets yeah he gets bad reviews. As, he, as a DJ or for his record? As, as a producer. But he, and he reckons that if someone was ever in a studio with him watching him produce, they'd understand how much work he puts in it. He says mm. it might sound easy, but I fucking spend a long, long time. And he and he does play like live bass. Like I think he does more production and more. He's more of a musician than, than say like Dead Mouse, like his mm. contemporaries. That's what well, that's what he says. So I think he's a bit touchy on. <laughs> on. So he says I don't care about bad reviews because they don't know anything. Yeah, okay, they may have like slugged around like heavy equipment from bar to bar when they're eighteen, but you know, I stack shells in the safe way. So, and worked in a fish processing factory. There, there, there you as go. Well. Yeah, yeah. It's strange how he sort of like went from like a, a kind of like a cool indie electro personality to this like Hollywood megastar super DJ, which is kind of strange. But Babs, do you got a similar timeline or ish? Because yeah, I you know I like you. I remember I remember that Calvin Harris. Um, and generally, I like. Calvin Harris. I, I, and I like both eras of Calvin Harris. I, acceptable in the eighties. I'm not alone. Such mm-hmm. a banger. You know, that's kind of a slow song, and the way that it builds, I think, is is quite breathtaking. And, and I remember the video, which is all in the snow as well, which kind of added to it. So I'm a fan of that Calvin Harris, but I'm also a fan of of modern Calvin Harris. But I will say, I'm not like a a diehard fan. I don't know all his songs. Like I, I could easily make. You know, a 10 track playlist of Calvin Harris songs that I like but you know there's there's some that I don't some that might be on the playlist that you put put here Shane but yeah I as a person he seems like a prick <laughs> I mean the, the the way he treated Rita Ora and Taylor Swift you know that's uh, kind of documented and uh although I do like that he's a fan of Limmy speaking of, of <laughs> comedians like uh, there's this video of, of Limmy reacting to Calvin Harris being like oh I fucking love Limmy and Limmy's just going like thank you Calvin Harris <laughs> and there was a story about how well, Limmy tweeted like all these celebrities that unfollowed him and Calvin Harris tweeted at him like don't worry man I've got your back for life <laughs> which really which really made me laugh but uh you know despite him coming across as a bit of a prick you know I I think he does make good music and yeah, I think Shane, I, I get what you were saying about like, is it kind of chasing the trends? Is it cynical? Like researching this and, and listening to this, Fran, it reminded me of the kind of Puff Daddy episode that we did, where it's mm. like, you know, he knows how to pick his collaborators and they're wide ranging and you know, there's megastars and maybe not such megastars. And, you know, he's he's definitely very good at profiling female vocalists as well. But yeah, I, I came in thinking like you know, is, is he overrated? Uh, I don't know. But then I looked at the numbers and he has 53 million listeners, uh, monthly listeners on Spotify. He is the 14th most listened to person worldwide and he is the richest DJ in the world. Uh, and I wanted to test you guys on who you think are the top 10 richest DJs in the world with a little quiz before we get into the playlist. Oh, shit. Quiz time. So Calvin Harris, number one, net worth in 2022, $300 million. The second DJ I have to say I've never heard of in my life. He is Italian and he is worth two hundred million dollars. Any any ideas from either of you on so, Italians? It's not Doctor Fox from Capital. <laughs> it's not Doctor Fox from Capital. <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not Nick Grimshaw either. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, Italian, 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 Italian. 
See, I, th- I think I'm going to put both of you out of your misery because genuinely, I'd never heard of this guy. Have you heard of Gianluca Vacchi or Vacchi? No. So he's some multi-millionaire playboy who like DJs on the side. He has like 22 and a half million Instagram followers. Like no one I know follows him and yet he is worth $200 million. Okay, one so of them. Let's get that. <laughs> yeah, that one out of the way. Now, number three, definitely you'll have heard of. He is from the Netherlands, although I didn't realize he was from the Netherlands. And... His name starts DJ. Tiesto. So, Tiesto it is. £170 million. Yeah. I, I was surprised by, by him being so high. I don't know about you. But there is, we go. Is um is it Aki or Aku? The guy well, on the list, is he? Oh, sorry. Guess what, Fran? That's next. Steve Aoki. <laughs> £95 I couldn't name one song by the guy. I just see him around on social yeah. media. With his long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, got, he's got some decent tunes. But uh, but actually, to be fair, I don't think I can name them either. I think I've got them saved. But right, that's number four. Number five, we've already mentioned him, and he is French. David Greta. Greta. Uh, perfect. There we go. Seventy-five million. Now the next two are part of a band that I have heard of. I don't think I could name you a song by them, but think Tens EBM. Swedish House Mafia. The other ones. Chain Smokers. Chain Smokers. That's correct. Chain Alex. Paul or Pal and Andrew Taggart, 70 million each. And the next two are also a DJ duo. Uh, if I tell you the country they're, they're from, give it away. But who's a big DJ duo who kind of retired recently after worldwide success? Is it Around the World, Around the World? Around Ray- the World, Ray- ding, Ray- ding, 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 ding. In France, Guy Manuel Duarmen Cristo, Portuguese represent. And uh, Thomas Bangalter, Bangalter, that's how I pronounce it, 70 million in France. And finally, it is a British DJ at number 10. Any ideas? So I don't know where anyone's from. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I could, I could drop you a big hint. He's he's famous for doing kind of remixes and the theme tune to... Uh, Oakenfold. Oakenfold. There we go. Oh, Oakenfold, sorry. Yeah, Paul Oakenfold. Really? He, five million. I mean, he's like 90s. I suppose there's not been anyone since then. Yeah, not, I think... not even the Artful Dodger can out the open field. Unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, Calvin Harris is the the you know the the top performing British one, but he is he's the next one. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed uh, that that mini quiz. I, I found it interesting because number one, I hadn't heard of a few of them, and number two, Jesus Christ, who who knew that uh, Chainsmokers had done so well. So sorry, well, who's the Swedish guy who passed away? Avicii. Oh, Avicii. Yeah, yeah. He, I suppose he's not in it, no. But I'm, I mean, I'm guessing it would be his well... estate now. Or... But yeah, I guess Dead Mouse you mentioned isn't mm-hmm, on there mm-hmm. either. So there we go. But just to, to finish off the Calvin Harris thing, um, I think this is an unpopular opinion, but I much prefer scruffy brunette Calvin Harris to fucking chiseled action man Calvin Harris. I think he's a lot more charming. Yeah, aesthetically for sure. Like he just looks too perfect. It's like I scruffy is my vibe. You know, I don't like preppy little sculpted men. Yeah, he does he does look like the Marvel version of Calvin Harris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got a Chris Evans kind of shine to him. The it? action man version of Calvin mm. Harris is, is what I think. And yeah, he's got a beautiful face. And I don't know, he, having seen a few interviews with him as well and seeing videos of him when he was younger, he just seems like a sort of scampy kind of funny guy. And now just seems like an unrelatable god in his LA studio. So, but maybe let's get into the playlist, uh, Shane. What's the first pick on your list? Uh, so the first song is Feels, featuring Pharrell Williams, Katy Perry, and Big Sean. Um, not Little Sean. No, no, the other one. 
Um, I think I think this song basically this is what really sums it up for me in terms of what I was talking about with him like chasing trends um, because this is a song about absolutely fuck all like the, the, there's absolutely no depth to this song um, but the reason that this song came out is because feels was word of the day at the time when the, when this song came out that's what everyone was saying like people. I don't know if people thought like saying I have feelings was a little bit too on the nose or sincere. So they said feels to make themselves feel better. I don't know. But yeah, people were saying like, I've, I've caught feels, I've got feels. And next thing, Calvin Harris had released a song about feels. And if you break down the lyrics, like Katy Perry's bit is like, don't be afraid to catch feels, ride, drop, top and chase thrills. I know you're not afraid to pop pills. What, like, th- like those sentences don't relate to each other. It's just absolutely not. It feels very churned out to me. Um, and it's, yeah, everything that I don't like about music. So there it is. Can I say much preferred Katy Perry's version in the Northern Irish accent? <laughs> you're welcome. Do you know who actually wrote the lyrics to his songs? Because I sometimes assumed it was like the singer, but I don't know what actually happened. Maybe, but... I mean, I'm 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 still gonna have a go at him. <laughs> it I was think... to, it was the era of YouTube comments saying, "Oh my God, this gives me the feels." Yeah, it was that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think on earlier songs or songs where it's just him, it it, it does seem to be mm. kind of music and lyrics mm. by him, but I'm not sure. Fran, what do you think? So I had never heard this before. Really? It has ah, like 634 million plays. I was like, how on earth did this escape? <laughs> so yeah, so Pharrell, Katy Perry, um, it's like he's moved on to the chill by the pool kind of vibe. Um, although it just sounds like it's a Calvin Harris preset underneath it, the vocals. I was listening to this while I was playing a computer game. So I didn't know what the song was called or anything. All I thought was happening was Katy Perry saying, I'm not scared to catch fish. <laughs> I good and I was for like, her. Why is this? And now, like, I'm listening to somebody else. And now, what, if you think the, the the word is fish and not feels, it's impossible not to hear fish. I yeah. love it. You know, maybe she's scared of like, you know, moving the rod in a certain way and getting the hook caught in someone's mouth. These are real problems. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I d- didn't realize. Thanks. No, she's, she's, she's a big hobby fishing, but <laughs> turns out, unfortunately, it is feels and it's, it's less a song. But um, it kind of reminds me of the, of the Tide Is High by Blondie, which I'm not a big fan of covered by Atomic Kitten as well for the younger mm. listeners. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's a no for me, but Babs? Um, well, it's actually a yes for me, despite... So I I did know this song, but it was only, I would say, something like six months ago that I realised this was mm-hmm. a Calvin Harris song. And that happens with a, with more songs on this list where you're like, oh, I didn't realise this was a Calvin Harris song, which I guess it's unsurprising because around the time of We Found Love in a Hopeless Place, I guess maybe that was a certain Calvin Harris sound that could also be heard in bounce with Khalees or something like that, you know, but, uh, but this, well, this wasn't, and this was a song from a funk wave bounces volume one. And when I went on Spotify, I was like, who, who's this funk wave? Is that a producer? Oh, it's a separate account with eight point something million uh, monthly listeners. And then it's like, Oh no, no, it's just Calvin Harris. Right. Okay. Anyway. So I knew the song and I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's catchy, but didn't realize it was that. But I, I quite like it. I, I think it's somewhere between, I've called it electropop and reggae, which I guess, you know, Tide is High also mm. has that. It shouldn't work. 
I think it does. And I quite like the little funky rap, rap interludes in the middle with, with Big Sean. Mm. I like the back and forth between Pharrell and Katy Perry, especially because... Um, so a friend of mine once said that she didn't like Katy Perry because all she does is shout in her songs. Like, she's just screaming the whole time. But actually here, her vocal is quite controlled. Uh, yeah, once you once you know that, once you hear Firework again, yeah, that's, that's all you're going to hear is her screaming. It almost doesn't sound like her. Mm. I don't know if that's a good or, or a bad thing, but, you know, it might be cynically done. But hey, it, it, it works for me personally. Well, I guess maybe fishing relaxes her a little bit more. The, you know, that, that, I think you know, she might. It might have been about that, and then Kevin was like, "Katie, no, this won't be a commercial hit." So, feels is much better. Popping. I'm pills pretty sure she's pills. on a boat in the music video as well, which would just further confusing. Yeah. Well, there we go. I will also wanted to add as well. So this song, song was co-written by Stara, who's written for a lot of famous acts like Camila Cabello, Drake, Rihanna, Ellie Goulding. So, you know, again, it it brought me back to that conversation we had about puff daddy of like he's working with the people who were who were trendy for sure calvin says that the reason he chooses female vocals is because when he's doing dance music with a lot of bass he likes to have the top range being a higher version mm. and when he does a demo he sings in a high voice and then sends mm-hmm. it to the fe- that's why he uses a lot of female singers which is interesting because the next song Hmm. is complete not that does not <laughs> so yeah Shane what's your next uh, so next is Giant featuring Rag and Bone Man um, like I don't I don't hate this song necessarily I just again I think it's a song that um, when you break it down is again it's not about an awful lot I think the the chorus in particular annoys me um, lyrically because I think the it starts off really well Lyrically, you know, I'm a giant, stand up on my shoulders, tell me what you see, which is a reference to um, an Isaac Newton quote. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Which, yeah, I mean, deep cut. I, but then, but then, you know, it finishes with, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am a giant. And, it, you know, it, again, lyrically, it feels like someone's like read the Isaac Newton quote and thought, like, we can get that in there somewhere and then just completely run out of ideas as to, how to flesh it out. The rest of the song's okay. The other reason I picked this is because of the video that I, I sent the two of you earlier um, of the uh, the uh, keyboard player in, in this song, um, <laughs> which I thought was a great sketch. Um, it was very funny, and we'll link to it in yeah. the show notes. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, we, about it. <laughs> we had a nice back and forth of uh, Calvin Harris. Yeah, absolutely, it was good. This recording, <laughs> and we'll come to another one later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fran, what did you think? So yeah, I knew this song. Although I didn't actually know it was Calvin Harris, I thought this was a Rag and Bone Man song. Because I guess, yeah, lyrically it doesn't really say much, but because it's his voice, mm. it sounds like deeper than it should be, just because of, sort of how much emotion he has in his voice. Um, although I did Google this, and technically Rag and Bone Man isn't a giant because he has to be seven foot tall and he's only six foot five. I then Googled who the tallest singer was in the world. <laughs> and uh... Very relevant research, <laughs> A guy called Afrojack is six foot ten, so just off being a giant, unfortunately. Um, but musically, this reminds me a lot of early Groove Armada. Definitely in the Ooh, in the don't horns, know early Groove Armada. like the uh, I think the, the one of the old um, trombone that is at the river. Well, that yeah, that's the only one I can mm, think yeah. of. But that's yeah, so chilled, yeah, yeah. and this one is a bit more. Yeah, it has that sort of vibe to it. That sort of uh, early noughties groove armada. But yeah, I mean, this is when it's on, it's perfectly fine. I can't imagine people really dancing to it. But um, mm. 
yeah, it's not it's not terrible. It's it's not like David Greta they all have exactly the same sound. This <laughs> is trying trying something slightly different in this production. Mm. Well, like you, Fran, I thought I didn't know this song, but I did and didn't realise it was Calvin Harris. I'm not particularly a rag and bone man. I can appreciate his voice, but you know, his his music, um, not so much for me. I don't know how I knew this song. Has it been on a million adverts? Like I, I do feel like it's a song that's been kind of pushed on me it has and... in the UK but I don't know about what you Belgium. well I never watch British uh uh you know things with a VPN no never I don't hate this song but it doesn't particularly inspire me is what is what I felt like this one definitely felt kind of let's say commercial in a in a negative way but actually I think listening to the song as a whole not just that I am a giant uh, I liked it more on second listen, especially the kind of there was there was I liked the horns and there were some interesting synths, but yeah, definitely not not one of the best Calvin Harris ones for sure. Okay, so what's your third pick then, Shane? Uh, so my third pick is Slide, featuring Frank Ocean and Migos. So I mentioned earlier that I have to be very open minded about music that I listen to, and you know that expression sometimes if you open your mind too much, your brain might fall out. <laughs> I haven't, but I, yeah. I like it. Well, you can, you can pocket that and use that later. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes with the, with the amount of music that I'm listening to and the amount of like positivity I'm trying to bring to it, I feel like I've lost myself a little bit sometimes, and I'm maybe too positive about music that maybe doesn't deserve it. And that's why I really like Migos um, because they they really grind me in that sense because my wife's a big fan and she'll put them on in the car and anytime Migos comes on I think oh no this is shit I hate this <laughs> um so yeah that that's why I picked them because I like I cannot stand Migos I think get back at your yeah, wife I just right, no okay. I just think I, well she knows she knows I think I think they are dreadful um and yeah this this song has uh two things which I really really don't like in music uh one is just Migos and Two is that weird, high-pitched, I don't know if it's meant to be a child singing or what the vibe they're going for, but that, you know, like, empty my bank account voice. I like. Yeah, well, I, I might. Yeah. I, what, I don't know what they're trying to go for there, but I hate it. I, I didn't know who Miggles was, and I thought that was Miggles. Oh, no. I thought that I like <laughs> oh. They they're they're basically, Miggles are like a, a, a rap group, and their, their main oh, thing okay. is that they just, they will say... You know that thing in rap where they repeat the word that's just been said? Preach. That's that's their big thing. But it's it's mm-hmm. mostly like skirt and uh uh ice. That's that's the main things that they say. Offset is one of the members and he likes to say offset. He says that So I seem to have missed them completely in the song. I've heard it like three times. Right. They, well, they do the rap. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's Frank Ocean singing and then they do the other Ah, uh, okay. I thought Frank yeah. was doing both of it. Fair enough. <laughs> Versatile man. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I do know Migos and I am a fan of Bad and Bougie, uh, I'm afraid to say Shane, but uh, I am not a fan of Offset as a person. He seems like a right mm-hmm. prick. There was that story of, um, even though I, I looked this up and it's not sure if it's been proved. So Fran, I'm presuming you didn't know this, so I'm, I'm telling this to you as, as a new story. So uh, Katy Perry... Mm-hmm. which you mentioned before, has a song with Migos called Bon Appetit, which, yes, I think is a great song. And she was performing it with them on Saturday Night Live. And the story goes that apparently she was meant to perform it with some drag queens. And they were like, if uh, drag queens come on, we're not we're not going to go on. But apparently that might not be true. But then at the same time, and I, I didn't 
know about this. I went deep on the Wikipedia page of, uh, of Miguel's chain, so you don't have to. Apparently, he, he, they wrapped a line in, 20, in 2018, which said, which had the lyrics, I cannot vibe with queers. And apparently he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that queer was related to the LGBT community. And his wife, who's Cardi B, was like, oh, no, he didn't know it. And I'm like, come on. Like, this is this is piling up a what bit What did you strong. think it was uh, then? <laughs> yeah, well, it was just, what did he say? Uh, he assumed the lyric was using the definition of queer that is defined as eccentric and ardent. It's like, mate, we're not in the 50s. No. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> in the same way that gay means happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's also so, so there's also a great clip of Katy Perry on stage with um, Migos where she mimes uh, Offset as he says Offset, and it is the whitest you've ever seen someone look. It is beautiful, so good. I will have to go and look. That. Babs, are you aware of what Katy Perry's doing currently in the UK? Oh, the Just Eat adverts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they're also in Belgium, actually. Yeah. So, so has her career gone? down that badly because I can't think of a, a song for years ago for, for a long time from her so is that why she's doing Justy adverts well she's just had a kid with Orlando Bloom hasn't she so you know you've got to did, provide I, I, didn't, I didn't even know she's you, no yeah 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 yeah. she's married to Orlando Bloom did you not see the picture of her paddleboarding with Orlando Bloom where he was fully naked no the last thing I saw Orlando Bloom was didn't he get his cock out next to Taylor Swift in the, in the no, sea no that was Katy Perry Oh, is who's not ah. married to oh, I, haven't, I haven't been oh, reading my, my, my hate magazine for a long time <laughs> Anyway, what, what I, I absolutely love this tangent. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Shane, I I was I I would think to ask you for Migos recommendations, but it uh, sounds like I might have to ask your your wife and not you because I I enjoyed Bad and Bougie, but haven't really gone beyond that. I do enjoy um, when Offset raps with Cardi B. There's a song called Drip. Yeah, I I, I quite like that song, and it is on a few others. I I really like Cardi B, but for this song, yeah, I. I listened to this song three times and I cannot tell you what it sounds like or what it's about, which is surprising because I think with a lot of Calvin Harris's songs, they're very catchy. They get stuck in your head from, you know, whatever era, early, early or later. I enjoyed the atmosphere that the song created that was quite kind of smooth, but forgettable. Don't need to listen to it again. Yeah, there's definitely less hooks than usual. Like, there's no like mm. sort of like children sort of melody in the background, and I'm not a fan of. It sounds like auto tune on the vocals. Mm. It's never, it's never a good thing for me. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's going down a new direction. I haven't, I haven't heard this album. I don't know if this is the new Calvin House. Well, it's the same album that Phil's is from. Oh, and, really? Um, that I found this article from a publication called Your EDM. Which, said, which was very positive about it, said when Calvin Harris unveiled Slide, he also introduced an entire new sound. And I was like, did he? Really? Uh, and it said, once known for his progressive and pop EDM sound, he switched over to a more R&B funk and hip hop sonic palette. And I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he has, but this is not an entirely new sound. Like this is 2017. He's not the progenitor of it. Calm down. <laughs> new for him, but yeah, it's not yeah, a new sound. Not new for the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely one of my lesser favorite ones, Shane. So yeah, this one, this one made a good case, yeah. I thought. Okay, perfect. So what's your fourth pick, Shane? Uh, is Summer from 2014 from the from the album Motion. Um, so yeah, I think this sort of sits between New LA Calvin Harris and uh, more likable, relatable Calvin Harris. I also think this is this is a case of Calvin Harris like 
buying into his own hype maybe a little bit too much you can imagine someone saying to him like oh you're so great you know you, you produce these amazing beats and you know you, you you can play guitar you can play bass you can sing and he's gone yeah i can sing he, he can't sing um it's yeah it's just not it's just not good is it um i also think this is another example of of very cynically produced music i think this is like this is music written with a target audience in mind rather than something that he wants to say or something that he wants to make for himself i think this is like directed toward i think this is you know when people say like this is the song of the summer i think he's taken that phrase and tried to write the song of the summer which again just sort of it just uh, it just makes me feel a little icky um listen to music like that so uh, that's uh, uh, his voice is obviously not great on this and um i yeah i, I don't really like the the way it's written so those are the, the two main things for me because we all know about the the song of the summer is star punks <laughs> of course yeah every summer <laughs> of course every summer um yeah i knew the song i guess it's it's got it's got a a, a decent hooky melody yeah i guess Tops off, tops off in Ibiza. You're gonna love it. 100%. If this is more of a, da- of a David Greta kind of side of Calvin, it's just like one of the last times he sang because obviously he was a singer when he first came out, and he said that like the reason why he took a step back from the electro Calvin House is because he never felt comfortable singing on stage. He hated that that version right. of him. So it's interesting that when he got big, he went back to being the singer. Although, I mean, doesn't really show a lot of his vocal talent in this, rather than repeating the same line again and again and again. Um, but yeah, it's catchy as fuck. It, it does what it does. I'm sure at a festival, when this was playing in between bands, I'd probably dance along to it. But, you know, Babs? I have just noticed that this song has had over a billion plays on mm. Spotify, which is mad, because I actually don't think I knew this song. Wow. Um, even though, as I said, Pray to, Pray to God with Haim, which is from the same album, absolute banger. I think it's one of my most played songs of all time. It's <laughs> How's that going? I like Haim, but I can't. Oh, I, can't. I remember when the night was so much. There we go. Yeah. Thank you very much. Got it. It's funny what you said, Shane, about like, oh, it sounds like this song was written, you know, cynically for the summer, because what I wrote down is I, I have a playlist called This Ain't Nothing But, but A Summer Jam. <laughs> Where I put all my favorite summary songs on there, this would absolutely not go on. There. <laughs> like, failed. I I thought I like his voice in early Calvin Harris. As I said, you know, I'm not alone, and except all in the '80s, it works here. I don't think it works at all, and I think the beats are quite generic here, unlike the other songs. Um, and the lyrics are really dark because it's actually you know when I met you in the summer, to my heartbeat, Sam, we fell in love. Blah blah blah. As the leaves turn brown, as long as the skies are blue, you act so innocent now, but you lied so soon. And you're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, like this is, this is like, what's going on here? La, 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 dark, weird vibes. The music video does not uh, relate to those lyrics. What is the music video? I've not seen any of them. Sexy lady walking around being sexy for three minutes. Cut to Calvin walking along the road in a tight t-shirt. Cut back to sexy lady. Repeat. Okay. Beautiful. There we go. Yeah, I think the only, well, the the next song coming up, I've seen that music video, but the only other music videos I've seen, I think, are with early Calvin Harris, I've not seen, or One Kiss, with which is mostly Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. isn't it? So but you, you may have seen the next song we're going to talk about music video. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. What's your final pick, Kurt Shane? It's Dance With Me. Uh, so actually, this is a Dizzy Rascal song, I think, featuring Calvin mm-hmm. Harris and Chrome. 
I picked this song honestly because I wanted to end on a slightly more positive note. Um, I was going to go with this or Acceptable in the 80s, but mm-hmm. I, I actually really love this song. I think it's great, um, which I know is maybe slightly against the format, so I apologize. But That's okay. Um, That's okay. I, think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I think this, is, this, this for me is like a perfect example of a song that is about very little, but is done in a really fun sort of tongue-in-cheek not taking itself too seriously. Oh, that's the name of the album. It is, so yeah. well done. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's done in a way that doesn't take itself too seriously, and I think that's what I really really like about it. Um, again, like the lyrics are absolute nonsense, but I think this is one where it's like he definitely knows that it's nonsense. You know, it's you know, um, if I'm out on my own, then I can look at you looking at me. If I'm out on a date, then I just shut my eyes. Then I can't see. And there's no way someone can can perform that and think that that's a like well written lyric. So I'm going to give him some benefit of the doubt and say that like he knows that that's nonsense. But I do think it's done in a sort of very a very fun way. Yeah, I I, I really like the song to be honest. So I just want to end on a slightly more positive note. Strangely, like when I think of Caravan House, I always think of this song. So to me, this is like one of his biggest yeah. bangers. And then when you look at YouTube, it's had 8.8 million views. And you compare Shopping. that to any song from the last 10 wow. years, it's like, so I guess no one in America has ever discovered this track at all. It's kind of weird, like, did this, like, hurt Dizzy Wattle's career? Because he never seemed to come back after this sort of, Well, because like, this was from the same album as Bonkers. Yeah. Um, and I think it was him going more pop. And I've actually listened to more recent Dizzy Wattle stuff, and it's pretty good. Uh, but I don't think it's as big, no. Yeah, because I, I rate him, but I kind of think that, like, he kind of put off people by doing this kind of, like upbeat holiday anthem Dizzy Rascals but off. this song and Bonkers are his top two mm. songs on but am I right in saying that Dizzy Rascals like quite a quite a gritty artist in a lot of other ways like you know, a lot of his other songs yeah, and albums yeah. and stuff are quite like a lot darker grimier kind of stuff mm. yeah, yeah yeah. he like, he was the face of, of grime like Boy in the right. Corner back in like 2002 or three. so yeah and I guess he can't really go back to that sort of sound really God. but um he can, he can. I think I'm, it's one of those things where I've saved it. But yeah, he so he has an album from t- 2018 called Don't Gas Me. Mm. Oh, an album, an EP. And it's pretty good. And it definitely sounds grittier. So I, I, w- I would check that out. It's definitely a club banger. Although it may be a little bit too buttons for me. <laughs> um, but I do really like the middle eight. The middle eight shines. I forgot about the middle eight. And it's got a really cool bass line. I think is also Harris. But again... Calvin House's vocals isn't outstanding, um, but I'm sure he 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 helped Dizzy reach new places. Yeah, Shane, I'm glad that you said that you liked it because my first note was, "How dare you? This is a banger!" <laughs> yeah. And like you, Fran, I had to uh, DJ this song a lot because when I was DJing for Radio R in Luxembourg, this was on the A list, I think. So pretty much every radio show that I did that summer, I had to play the song. And I did not mind it. It reminds me of that summer, and it's so. Great. This was big in in Europe, you reckon? Well, it was big in an English speaking radio station yeah. in in Luxembourg, but I think it would have had it would have had some some notoriety. I think, yeah. I I think the song is catchy as hell. I remember the video very well. I quite like Harris, Calvin Harris's vocals because it's just like <laughs> if I'm out on my, uh, and I know it just sounds very very kind of down to earth. And Shane, I will take question with. Um, you saying the lyrics are not good. There's an excellent TLC reference that Dizzy Rascal does where he says, so I creep, creep, creep back to your seat, which almost sounds like TLC. I got my left eye checking out your scenery. I got my right eye right where it needs to be. And I, I always enjoyed that. You Never know, if you know that, that creep, yeah. 
is also a TLC <laughs> song. Because I have to say, I thought he was saying, so I creep, creep, creep back TLC. Oh, okay, or, yeah. Which doesn't doesn't make sense. <laughs> but because I think I just associated it, right? Because it's like creep till. And then when he said left, I'm like, he's talking about Lisa Left Eye Lopez. And also, I will say, it is the best use of the word ho in a song. He, She ain't no ho. Makes it is me laugh good. every time. Yeah, that is good. It yeah. is good. So how many uh, DMs did you send Calvin over the past 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dizzy, I've just checked him out. He's got over 3 million monthly listeners as well. So, you know, he's still he's still going strong, still right. I think. Good for Dizzy. So despite finishing on a positive, I imagine, Shane, that you're still going to say that Calvin Harris is overrated. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just the, the sheer scale of him. I think, you know, the fact that he is like the biggest dj in the world richest in the world um the fact that he's like everywhere i i don't think the music is good enough to reflect that to be honest um and i don't mind it you know like a lot of these songs maybe like aren't the worst in the world Uh, like i don't hate them like i hate i don't know oasis but um oh thank you but um but yeah i yeah i think overrated just you know by the the, the sheer numbers that he's doing for sure yeah it's a difficult one for me because i think going on this playlist i think you could say yes like you know i really like dance with me and i like fields but some of the other songs that you've picked you know uh, yeah not not so good does he deserve to be the biggest dj in the world i don't know probably not but then again who would substitute him like would I put any of the top ten DJs that we've talked about above him? No, I've already forgotten the name of the who the guy who was number two on the <laughs> list. So. Uh, Jan Kavachi, guys, he's like old and on Instagram on his boat. Check him out. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I can't, can't quite bring myself to call him overrated, just because when when I was looking at his discography, I was like, God, there really are like quite a lot of his songs that I like, and. I have listened to whole Calvin Harris albums, but he's he's definitely not an artist that I I would do that. But I do I do enjoy them, and I feel like he is someone who, even if he doesn't have an album that I want to listen to from beginning to end, without stopping, like every album he will have good songs. So I think surprisingly for me, anyway, I, I'm I'm not going to call him overrated. I'm not going to say he's underrated, but I'm not going to call him overrated today. But maybe Fran will. I don't know. I think that a little bit like Elvis Presley was the right guy at the right time. I think Calvin Harris became big as EDM became massive in America. He and pretty much said that. He, yeah. yeah, because he's a white, handsome guy, he does, he was, yeah, he became massive. So I think he's slightly over it because I don't think he deserves to have maybe a billion listens constantly. Um, his music's perfectly fine, but I think other DJs can do it as well or maybe better. So I so would who, say... who would you put as your top DJ? <laughs> I mean... I'm putting you on the spot now. <laughs> But if it's dance music, though, mm. there's other dance music over Calvin Harris. Um, but obviously, he's got the chiseled looks, and you know, he 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 worked for the social media um, audiences, I guess, for the last ten years. Uh, it's interesting how Dead Mouse. Obviously, he has no personality. Calvin Harris does. So did that make him slightly? bigger because he was a an actual personality rather than a, a big head who knows and calvin i mean he, he did work for it i didn't realize that like you know he was in scotland working mm. kind of yeah in this fish processing factory saving to go to london went to london for a year kept trying to get um 
vocalist to sing over his beats. He's like, I met like one person and it didn't work out. So I went back to Scotland to try again. And he, he does say, at least in the interview that I saw, he was like, I think I happened to be in America at the right time because suddenly dance mm. music became really popular. So I think if he was a bit more of an egomaniac, I would dislike him a bit more. But I think he seems reasonably down to earth for someone of that success however i forgot to mention this and uh you reminded me of this fan talking about him as a white guy do you know why he called himself calvin harris <laughs> so he said my first single was more of a soul track and i thought calvin harris sounded a bit more racially ambiguous <laughs> i thought people might not know if i was black or not after that i was stuck with it which is mad like absolutely like stuck with what, it. what is a black sounding name like that you know, I love really... to hear his soulful vocal he was doing back in those days. <laughs> yeah, so that that I was like, oh god, I, I I knew that fact before this episode, but that really was like, oh, that's that's already dumb. You know, at worst, ignorant. At uh, well, sorry, no, at best, ignorant. At worst, kind of just yeah, a racist. So um, yeah, I, I that put me off. But but yeah, yeah, I think I I can kind of agree with everyone here. You know, like I can totally understand Shane why you think he's overrated, but um. He, he has got some songs, some good songs, and whether whether they're cynical or not, I think yeah, I'm I don't mind as much if if they're bangers like Dance with Me or or Pray to God. Do you like music? And do you like podcasts? Chances are you like music podcasts. Take this one for example, Pick a Disc. I'm Matt Latham, and every fortnight a guest comes on to Pick a Disc to talk about an album for any reason that they want to. We'll talk about the, the album as a whole, we talk about the songs, we talk about any personal stories about the album, any if they've ever seen the band live, and all, all sorts of other crazy tangents. And if any point any of that made you want to listen to Pick a Disc, then you can find us on your podcast apps of choice or on the Facebooks and Twitters and Instagram under Pick a Disc. We're also on the We Made This Podcast Network on WeMadeThisNetwork.com and on Twitter at We underscore Made This. Goodbye. Underrated. Now that the overrated is done, Shane, who are you bringing today as your underrated pick from Southern Scotland? So my underrated pick, yes, and I picked them because they're from Southern Scotland. <laughs> of course you did. Is, um, <laughs> is Frightened Rabbit. Uh, so Frightened Rabbit are, I don't know, like an indie rock, indie folk kind of band um, from Selkirk, Scotland. Um, hugely, hugely important band to me personally. Um for a number of different reasons which we'll probably get into but um yeah i think just the complete opposite of what we're talking about with calvin harris i think um the main thing that draws most people to frighten rabbit is the is the lyrics uh scott hutcherson who's the, the lead singer writes all the lyrics and is basically a poet i think everything that he writes is absolutely gorgeous um i he writes about some some quite dark themes as well which is um I don't know, as, as someone who has had problems with my mental health in the past, I think I think that is so important that people are, are open about it and talking about that kind of stuff. Oh, without wanting to bring the, the tone of the podcast down too right. hard, but um <laughs> um but I've you know, I've I've suffered from, from depression in the past and one of the symptoms of depression is is basically your your brain is telling you that you don't have depression. Your brain's telling you that there's nothing wrong with you while you know that there is something wrong with you. Um, and that makes it very, very difficult to get help and to talk to people about it because you feel like, you feel stupid. You feel like there's nothing wrong with you. Um, and it, as I said, it makes it very, very difficult to talk about it. So having someone who's gone through 
similar kind of things in the past and has has dealt with the darkness and 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 is writing about it from a much more hopeful place is really really beneficial because one it gives you that hope that the things will get better and two it also just makes it real that you know that these things that you're going through are real and it's important that you uh you know acknowledge it and address it so yeah i, I think there's there's a lot that i could say about frightened rabbit but um i think they are uh, an amazing incredible band and lyrically i don't think there's anyone like like scott hutchinson uh anymore basically when uh, we were talking pre-record, Fran was filling me in on Fright and Rabbit because he knows much more about them than than I do, right, Fran? Well, uh, I, I didn't know at all today, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I've known the band since maybe 2010. I think they supported Gomez on tour, and right. they're one of the only sort of support bands that sort of, sort of stood out because sometimes you can kind of ignore, but obviously with his emotional vocals and obviously singing a song with fucking will always make a stand out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's when I heard like, is it, yeah, um, keep warm. I was like, Oh, this sounds quite different. So yeah, I've been a fan since, yeah, for, for the past 12 years and followed them and always kind of thought like they never really reached their peak. Everyone kept saying, Oh, this album, they'll be big after this album. And then it didn't happen. And then it, it didn't happen. And obviously, sadly, you know, it won't happen. Um, but yeah, and I was, Telling Babs that a bit like I do, Wild or other bands, there's two sides. There's the the rocky indie side of the band, and then yeah. there's the more delicate emotional side of the band. And uh, I guess this playlist is more to the more delicate sounding, like like for Holy, like Holy is my favorite song, which is yeah more rocky, more upfront. So yeah, yeah. So there's two sort of sides to the band. Um, we always discuss that we're not really. Massive yes. lyrical fans in this podcast. It's always, okay, it's always the music first. So people find it mad that I'm into bands like Frightened Rabbit and the Smiths and I don't really listen to lyrics. But I think it's how he sings. It's it's, it's his performance yeah. that can grab you. And like, so um, on this podcast, doing research was maybe the first time I probably read the lyrics to, to, to some of your songs. Um, so it's been quite interesting. But um, yeah, um, I've seen him. Yeah, two or three times over the past uh, 12 years. And I just wanted Babs to to know that there's a, a, a different side to Fright and Rabbit. Like there is a more like energized indie rock side. Which maybe, yeah, sure. Yeah, she wouldn't know that. Yeah, um, because, you know, unfortunately, like, like I think a lot of people, I only really know about this band because unfortunately the lead singer passed away. Um, and and that's the story that I think unfortunately that's how a lot of people know about them and I was really surprised to see that Nicholas Sturgeon kind of tweeted condolences for him he, he clearly touched a lot of people um, and and that's that's obvious and it's quite nice to see especially when you when you see the lyrics but um, I mean obviously Shane you don't know me but when I saw Americana the National influenced by Ryan Adams and Wilco that is very much not my music taste. So I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, what uh, What are we getting into? But listen, we've done the whole steady and they might be giant. You know, I'm, I, we, we've done the national. I'm, I'm used to this road. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say probably that your, your playlist is more on the India folk side of things. So when I literally yeah. just before you came on, Fran was like, go, go listen to the holy. And I was like, oh, okay. So they do have this kind of indie side, but wait, do you like that side as well? Or is it really like the... Oh. The, the focus big time life. and i think i really i really really struggled to get it down to five sure. basically is, is the issue that i had um and I, I i ended up picking songs that were um 
significant in some way and had some sort of like story behind them and I've, I've spoken to a few of my friends about this because like one of the things that, so uh, we got to know them because they supported death cab for cutie um back in like 2008 and i couldn't go to the gig um so i missed it and all my friends then when they came back were talking about frightened rabbit and how great this band was were and because i was like what i'd been like 17 i was very bitter and decided I didn't like Frightened Rabbit because they were all talking about it and I couldn't go to the concert. Love the teenage logic. Even your friends who have the same music taste as you're like, no, yeah, I'm not going to like uh-huh. the same stuff as them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it took me a while to get into them. But um, but yeah, so I've been talking to a few of my friends about like songs that we pick and I tried to cover like sort of like various different albums and stuff. And and if I was picking five songs to try and convince someone to get into Frightened Rabbit musically, I would probably pick five different songs mm-hmm. um maybe the modern leper and the loneliness and the screen would be two that would make it in but i think like holy would be there get out the wood pile nothing like you i think is is the song that was probably the most unlucky um in terms of making it onto this list because i think it's an absolute banger so yeah I, I i love everything that they've ever done so yeah getting it down to five was a, was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle but yeah i like i like both sides it's it's always a challenge i mean th- these guys have got is it five five albums at the moment you have more than three, yeah. it is difficult to whittle down that playlist. The first album is quite different, though. It's, it's more like a solo project, I kind of thought. Yeah, it is a little mm. bit, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't massively connect with that album, because mm. I think it is quite it is quite challenging musically, and um, I'm not as into it. I think there are there's some nice themes in there and some nice lyrics, but um, I think The Midnight Organ Fight, which we'll get onto is 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 the album where it, it really hit home for me. Yeah, and that album even had a a fan with uh, Charlie Simpson from Busted, so <laughs> it, it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to put in Busted? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I could have mentioned to know Death Cover Cutie and uh, Biffy Clyro before. Oh, I was, I was not expecting to see Charlie Simpson on Wikipedia talking about them. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's get into it, Shane. What's your first pick? Uh, so the first pick is the, is the oil slick. Um, so there's a couple of reasons that I picked this, and again, this is probably this probably would be low on the list of songs that I would get someone to listen to if I was I was going to try and convince someone that musically Frightened Rabbit was a was a band that you'd want to enjoy. But it's a very significant song to me, and you know if I'm putting together a list of Frightened Rabbit songs, it's going to be top of the list. And I put it first because I think it you know I kind of want to get this out of the way so we've already sort of alluded to it and i don't know if you want to do like a content warning or something but scott hutchinson the lead singer um he took his own life in 2018 and i'll not get into all the details because it is very sad but he basically tweeted something to the effect that he was sorry and he was off and then there was a a period of time where he was missing and people were looking for him and then obviously um, he was he was found, and it was a very sad ending to that story. I found that very very difficult, and I actually find myself going back to Frightened Rabbit music as a comfort because they've always been my sort of comfort in challenging times. And the Oil Select was the song that I went back to time and time again. Um, so the the first part of the song is quite self deprecating, and he's singing about you know, um he's like having to go with his own voice and he's he's sort of he's talking about the fact that his his lyrics are very uh, dark and you know how could anyone basically how could anyone get into this and then it moves into this incredibly hopeful positive 
um, bit, like, I don't know if it's like the last third or something. But the lyric that is repeated is, um, there is light, but there's a tunnel to crawl through. And I think, again, as someone who's had issues with my mental health, I think that is a a beautiful sentiment. Um, because I think, you know, we need to draw a distinction between mental health and mental illness, of course. But I do think that that's something that is, it's a much more useful and realistic sentiment for people who are having a difficult time rather than saying you know everything will be fine and it'll all work out i think presenting to someone that they're like things will get better and you know there is light but there's work to do to get to that point or there is there are more difficult times to get through to get there i think that's a really beautiful sentiment and that's something that i like i hold on to very very dearly so this was basically that's the reason that that song made it into the list for me like my friend has that lyric like tattooed on his arm and if i get to the point of getting tattoos i'll, I'll potentially have the same um i just i just think it's i just think it's really really beautiful um so yeah that's that's, that's more or less why I, mean, I picked it so as as Fran said yeah we it is the what is it the the thing that completes the line in the over underrated bingo of so Fran and i i think we don't we we only pay attention to lyrics when we want to pay attention to lyrics like it's very rare that right. something hits me but actually on a lot of um frightened rabbit songs it did hit me quite immediately i think because his voice is fantastic like you 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 see that and and musically with this song this this was one of my favorites i really like the slide guitar mixed with the drums at the beginning i like when the menacing electric guitar comes in and and i can really admire how it how it builds and it ends and also i really like that his accent is clearly scottish it's it's very it's very nice to hear and I mean, it's almost onomatopoeic. It's like oil slick, and you can hear it, it coming through his voice. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed. It. I listened to it twice. I enjoyed it. It's it's not one that I kind of saved to to my library, but um, but yeah, I'm glad that I I heard it. Bran, did you know this song? Well, yeah, but what's interesting is that I think I've always dismissed it because I've never reached the end. Um, <laughs> so I think like I was a little bit disappointed with this album when it came out I was hoping for it to be like their breakthrough album and it wasn't so I think that I kind of like dismissed it after maybe two or three listens unfortunately so I wasn't expecting the change I was like oh wow <laughs> so yeah I, I apologise but it's taken me this long to actually reach the end of the song and I do enjoy <laughs> the last two <laughs> minutes of the but yeah I assumed it's like maybe I think he had a breakup during this album and I assumed it's him maybe trying to write a love song to get uh, his ex mm. back, but he couldn't for, you know, he, he hated his voice, he hated. So, yeah, it's, it's another self-loathing track. This can be hard after when you hear what's happened. But um, I'm always interested to know, like, he his brother, Grant, is in the band. Like, how did yeah. his brother deal with seeing these lyrics and singing these lyrics? It must be kind of hard for him, I guess. Yeah, big time, yeah. Um, But I think the, the thing about... Well, yeah, there's there's a few there's a few songs that are maybe even more difficult mm. than this one, but I think the, the thing that really appeals to me about Frightened Rabbit is even though he's writing about very dark things, he he has said in the past that he makes a point of trying to end the songs on a more hopeful note, mm. whether that's like lyrically or even like certain there are certain songs where it's just like a chord or a note that that is a little bit maybe more like a little bit more positive than the rest of the song because he he talks about these songs as a celebration of where we've come from rather than dwelling in that, in that time. Mm. Um, 
and obviously yeah you know in context looking back at, at, at certain lyrics i think it would be it'd be very very difficult um particularly there's a there's a project that he was working on when he did pass away um called master system which was with uh the two brothers from the editors i didn't know that there's a few songs in that that are it's it's a lot more rock and roll and you might mm. enjoy it mm-hmm. um but again there are a few lyrics in there that in context very very difficult moving on to maybe the most famous song is it shane so yeah definitely this is this is the most famous album for sure the minute organ fight um so if i was for a long time if i was telling somebody to get into frightened rabbit the modern leper is where i'd ask someone to start what i really enjoyed about this song is um how exposed his voice is especially at the beginning because it's just the acoustic guitar i've definitely seen bands before where it's like oh actually like i would i would love to to kind of hear just his voice or or um you know just just the stems if you can get it i like the verses i like the, the percussion that's on an offbeat and this kind of synth flourishes to accompany the guitars however um the chorus is a bit too much i put hands in the air <laughs> for me especially with the r's in the in the background so it was one and we've seen this before we've seen this with crowded house especially i really like the verses didn't like the chorus so much so you've seen sing street i have seen sing street yes so happy sad is how they discussed the cure and i think this is a happy sad song i guess five years earlier we had the american emo with my chemical romance but this is a very different emo this is my kind of emo, personally. Less hair dye, more coffee. Um, but yeah, you're, it does have that like that noughties trend of the, uh, you know, like in the nineties we had like, oh yeah, and like that sort of like yeah, the noughties. A lot of in- yeah, well, early noughties is a lot of like <laughs> pop songs that had oh yeah, hit me oh yeah. I'm old. I have no idea what you're talking about, and I want you to make a playlist of these songs. <laughs> a lot of Stock Aiken and Waterman songs. Okay. So yeah, so in the the noughties, we had the Coldplay factor of like it's a stadium. How are we going to finish a song? Let's go for some rising drums and then some ah. And Front Rabbit do have that form a little bit, I guess. Looking back, it's not their fault because obviously they were. You know, one of, of the, the first time. bands to do it, but you get Arcade Fire now. I was, doing th- it. I was thinking, wake up by Arcade. Yeah, Fire. it's become like a, a good way to get the crowds rised up. So that I can, I can see why you may not like that. I personally love a euphoric. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> Sing along personally. So yeah, this is like one it, for me. Is this is like you know in their top three songs easily. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of music, and I even enjoy all of the covers. There are covers. Who's covered mm-hmm. it? Shane might mention it. <laughs> so yes, uh, there was an album that they were um, working on around about the time this got passed. I think they were working on it before he did. But it's the, the Midnight Orkin Fight. Um, and they basically put the album together, but each song is covered by a different artist. Mm-hmm. And they're all artists that were inspired by Frightened Rabbit. So Benjamin Gibbard from uh, Death Cab is on there. Uh, the Twilight Sad, Daughter, Oxford Collapse, Josh Ritter. But... The Modern Leper is covered on this album by Biffy Clyro and Julian Baker. Both covers, very, very different. Both absolutely beautiful. Like, like Biffy Clyro's is raucous and weird and different, and I absolutely love it. Julian Baker's just strips it right back. Um, 
I think both are incredible. And actually, that's one of the reasons I picked this song is because it's it's another two songs that direct people towards. I think both of them are incredible. So, so, so move on to the next track. Yeah. Um, so the next song is Fuck This Place, which is um, a song from an EP that they released in 2011. Features Tracy Ann Campbell from Camera Obscure, the Scottish band. Again, I, I picked this song because I think it's beautiful. Um, I think it... Again, it's it's a lot more downbeat, but again, uh, lyrically, I think it perfectly encapsulates that sort of night out or party where you've just had a bit too much to drink or you've just had enough of everything around you. I think the way it's written around the party, the, the surroundings, um, refers to where you are as uh, the perfumed armpit of town, which I think is a beautiful way of describing, you know, that sort of gentrified area um yeah so again i think i think lyrically i think it's i think it's a a perfect song that he's written and yeah musically maybe not not the most inspiring but i think i I had never heard this before it was i think a free download on halloween 2011 i believe you had to like join the mailing list and yeah you got sent it (laughs) oh yeah because right because the mm. the song is not on Belgian Spotify, I can tell you. So I have to go on uh, YouTube, oh, and that's okay. exactly what it has as like the cover on the video. It's like join yeah, the I mailing list the, like, to, to be able to access themselves, which is why it sounds quite raw, and it kind of sounds yeah. live, like a live recording, um, a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. Again, I am a big fan of uh, female and male vocal <laughs> mixed together. So this was like yes, please. Um, yeah. It's, again, it's it's a people searching for someone, the feeling of of, of loss. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it's um, beautiful, um, beautiful song with a a not beautiful title. Um, Babs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so um, we've you know, recently recorded an episode where we talk about the Vines and the Vines have a song called Fuck the World. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this is the one that's going to be a bit more active. And it was like, oh, no, absolutely not. Um, Yeah, Camera Obscura, one of those bands heard of, had no idea they were Scottish, no idea what the the vocalist was. So yeah, interesting to be introduced to them properly. This song from the trumpet and drum section onwards, love it. You know, from the would you be good enough section onwards, love it. Uh, and I will say that the drums on Frightened Rabbit songs are really good. Like I, I, I do always notice the percussion, and often I don't. You know, often I'm focused on, um, on the bass or the synth, usually. Um, but the, the the first half of the song, I love the lyrics, but musically it didn't do much for me. But yeah, I'm glad that you talked about the perfumed armpit of town, six feet stones wrapped up in bows. Such disappointment when the paper is ripped. Ooh, yeah. ouch. It's actually if you if uh, obviously you didn't have the the pleasure of listening to this on Spotify, but on Spotify you know how the lyrics that come below the song and there's oh, actually really? like question marks besides some of the lyrics, which I hadn't seen before, like in brackets because um I think they'd written these people are Briggs, and the lyric is bricks. <laughs> Briggs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's in question marks because it does sound a little bit like she's saying Briggs. But then, obviously, someone's like written that and then gone. <laughs> it can't be Briggs, can it? That does. That's that's not a thing. Ah, it'll do. So, um, what's your next track, Shane? The next track is Architect. Um, so this is a uh, frightened rabbit with Manchester Orchestra. Um, the reason I picked the song again is another one that's very significant to me because 
I was very late to the party on this one. I only found this song in like 2020. And mm-hmm. that's the reason I hold it so dear is because it was like having a new Frightened Rabbit song. And obviously I was th- in a place where I was thinking that's never going to happen again. And then I had this song. And again, it's very sad. It's a very, very sad song. Um, but I, I, I again, I, I just think it's absolutely beautiful. And yeah, I, c- I can still remember hearing that for the first time and hearing him sing, mm. you know, don't waste your time on me. I, I'm just an architect. I've built nothing. And it just, I don't know, it just took me right back. So it's a song that's very, very special to me. But I again, I think it's just a a beautiful song and incredibly written. I discovered it yesterday. And, I, and I've even put in my lyrics. Okay. It's nice to find <laughs> there's some undiscovered magic still on the internet because I had no idea. Because sad, sadly, when you type in Fighting Rabbit on Spotify, right. this does not come up. I no, know okay. because I made a, a best of Fighting Rabbit last year. <laughs> and I went through the entire back catalogue. <laughs> so yeah, so this is um, underneath Dust Architecture from Manchester Orchestra. So yeah, again, it's uh, I must make a playlist called Delicate Duets. And this, mm. <laughs> and this will go on there. And yeah, there's also a great YouTube uh, clip of them on a sofa playing together. This is worth checking yeah. out. Um, but yeah. I will say to Babs, you know, there is a B side of uh, of Scott um, covering "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" with Craig from her home study. So you know, there is a, a fun side to discover as well. It's not so you know, maybe tr- maybe you know, try well, that as well. Just to say it is not. <laughs> I love how you're, you're preempting what I'm going to say before I even said it. <laughs> what, what I think I realized today, and I think I realized it because um, yesterday I I wasn't in a in a bad mood, but I was in a I don't want to work mood. And I put on I blasted Overgrown Eden by In Me and uh, Bring Me the Horizon's latest album. And those are two albums with very self-loathing, very self-hating lyrics. For some reason, that chimes with me more, maybe because they're screaming it, maybe because the music is very loud, uh, than the music like this, unfortunately. Because what, what I felt by this song, because this was the fourth song, I was like, it's it's very harsh what I'm gonna say, especially when you know what happens. But I'm like, okay, we we get it. Like self-loathing, you know, even though I I I appreciated like it, it cut it cuts through. Like when he says, Don't waste your time in me, I'm just an architect. You're like, it does absolutely hit you in the face. But because musically I've written, and again, I'm sorry, Shane, this song sounds like a song chosen by an unimaginative music supervisor to put over some images of green rolling hills. <laughs> sorry, that's that's what it sounded like that, to me. That, I, I was just like, oh, it's kind of like, <laughs> I wrote this before I met you. Have you heard um, Manchester Orchestra, Babs? No, I was going to ask, like, what, what? It, because is it a string section? I, I couldn't. No, no, no. It's a band. It's, it's an American band. Uh, okay. And, and uh, they, yeah. like, they start out being a bit heavier. I would say they're heavier than Fire and Rabbit, although mm-hmm. they do have their melancholic side. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a big fan of Manchester Orchestra, so for me, it's it's win-win. Too tick, 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 tick. Again, this is why we do the podcast, right? So you get two two different sides. But I, I really wanted to have that conversation because, like, I think. I think maybe within me and bring me the horizon, even though like, I'm sure it comes from, from a similar place. I don't know. Like it almost makes me laugh because I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. I say it's all over now, blah, blah. I just, you know, all, all the usual stuff, maybe because this is so earnest, mm. I just can't handle it. And it, I think I listen to, I love listening to sad music, but I, I think when you listen to sad music, you want it to make you feel better. And I think with, with, 
uh, lyrics like this, or even, I don't know, something like Lana Del Rey, where it's also very kind of woe is me. I'm just like, oh, like it, 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 yeah, it, this is a reaction in me that um that other songs don't but yeah I, I kind of wanted to get both of your opinions on that on like yeah how much solace do you find in music and how much you know with with Frightened Rabbit is it the lyrics or you know Shane do you like similar bands with similar musicality and lyrics or is there something very particular about Frightened Rabbit um, I, th- I think it is quite particular to Frightened Rabbit because like a lot of the music that I connect with the most is a lot more uh, rock and roll um to be honest um mm. So this, I wouldn't say I listen to an awful lot of, if we want to summarize it as sad indie music, um, I probably wouldn't listen to an awful lot of it. Mm-hmm. I talk about this a lot on my my podcast as well. Um, we talk about sad music, and I think there's different there's different levels to it, and there's different different ways of of using it. I think there are songs that I don't know. I think it's 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 quite good to sit in the sadness sometimes. And I think that's a, I think that's a healthy thing. And I think that's something that, um, I don't generalize, but especially as men, um, I think we're, we're told to not feel certain emotions or not demonstrate certain emotions. And I think sitting in a sadness Mm -hmm. and, and feeling it for what it is, is quite important. Um, but again, I think I think the with with Frightened Rabbit, it's the it's the bigger picture. So like, I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to Architect to make me feel better. I would probably listen to it to sit in the sadness. I would listen to something like The Oil Slick to try and like lift me out of that. But I think it's a lot more of a sort of softly, softly approach to dealing with the sadness than you know putting on something that's a little bit more raucous or upbeat to kind of shake it off if that makes sense i think i, I just mm-hmm. have, have different different types of songs for different approaches to the sadness but this is very much like either sitting in it or uh trying to slowly and carefully lift myself out of it very very lovely answer we just say if the next track lists you out oh of sadness. big time big time mm-hmm. so this is the loneliness in the screen so yeah it's funny you said already about the uh the uh, crowd woe um, thing because mm-hmm. this is the main reason I love this song. Um, I think I think because of the because of the lyrical content, um, because of the themes that are discussed, I think Frightened Rabbit fans are very passionate about Frightened Rabbit, right? So if you go to a Frightened Rabbit gig, chances are it's going to be a smallish venue, and you're going to have a, a room packed full of people who fucking love frightened mm-hmm. rabbit and i think that's quite a rare thing with live music um to go to a band and have a, a group of people who are all very very invested in that band um especially with like bigger bigger bands especially but yeah i think people are super invested in it this is a song i know it's called the loneliness in the screen but i think this is a song about community and bringing people together and this is the main thing I love about it is that when you go to see this song live everyone knows that this is how they're going to close the show um, they play this song everyone get, gets involved in the woes. Um, I think Scott usually has a symbol at the front that he uses for the like the big crash at the end um, and they just go through this um, repeatedly and I've never been to a Frightened Rabbit gig where uh, the crowd is not continued to sing and they've used it to like sort of bring them back for an encore sometimes, but um, 
mostly it's um a lot of very emotional drunk people spilling out of a venue singing this into the streets and i've been to a couple of gigs where i've seen them in 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 scotland and in particular that's where it was like it was euphoric um and that again that sort of community you get from a bunch of people who you know have gone through similar things or are connecting for the same reason that's that's why i love this so yeah i think i think it's sort of it, it does that same thing of being quite sad very hopeful and uplifting and yeah there's a there's a great sense of community in it for me as well i was at a festival called um truck festival um last july and i went onto youtube just to see other bands who played there and frightened rabbit um played in 2012 and there's one live song and it's them doing the song and then like the band leave and the audience are going whoa yeah for, like five minutes and they do not come back and it's quite it's quite it's quite a decent watch um but yeah yeah i i've always enjoyed i've always enjoyed the song yeah i guess it's got the same sort of vibes as arcade fire you know wake up when you're going to see them live everyone sings ah for the next like 10 minutes or to leave, leave the venue um yeah, it's not. It's it's got enough arousing sort of like drums get heavier at the end. It's got. I love the guitar, um, lead guitar sound. It sort of teases mm-hmm. at start, and then sort of like grabs your hand, and sort of like takes you to takes you to to the climax of the song. So yeah, this would be in my top ten um, tracks uh, by Frightened Rabbit. Although my favorite song by Frightened Rabbit is mm. State Hospital, so I'm a bit sadly missing out on that. <laughs> and I can watch him play that. There's a, there's a video of him just playing that by himself yeah. in a school gym. And I've watched that yeah. maybe 20 times. I mean, yeah, as I said, there are 20 songs that could have made this list, for sure. But yeah. So, Babs, how about this? A big rousing finish for you? Now that you've talked about that it's a song that's a closer, that that makes so much sense um, to me. And I can absolutely envision it. Um, because, yeah, I I thought, like you, it, it's, a, it's a song that teases. It's very, it's a bit more active. It, but then it goes quiet in the middle. But unfortunately, I am a cynical prick and uh, the woes and the hand claps, I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Um, and I but think, would yeah. you, if you were seeing them live, would you get, would you oh. sit there with arms folded or would you <laughs> no, be? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, no, I'm extremely sensitive to crowds, which is mm-hmm. why I get so angry being in Belgium, Shane. I, I bitch about this a lot, but crowds in Belgium can be very, oh, very yeah. passive, which really mm-hmm. gets me because I'm, I'm very sensitive to the people around me. Um, I mean, to the point where I might not have mentioned this on a podcast, but I went to see Peaches, you, you know, Peaches, ra- rabble rousing kind of act. And two songs in, I was turning near this front, this girl just kept pushing me because she's just like, you're dancing too much into me. And it's like, mates, mates, <laughs> seriously. Anyway, back circling back, I, I can imagine this is a totally different experience live. And I mean, I, I kind of, I looked at the lyrics and I, I think I just focused on the kind of, you know, did you hear me? I, I can prove that I can exist. But if it's a song about community as well, and you're singing that too, I can imagine that it feels very cathartic and, and that brings people together, which is exactly what you want from yeah. live music, right? So, uh, mm. yeah. How, how many times did you see them live? Uh, was it five or six? I can't remember. I've seen them like support a couple of okay. times. I, I saw them when they were like... Um, very small so i've seen them like like after the midnight organ fight i saw them like perform in a tent um and i've seen them uh performing a couple times in in belfast and i've like met them a couple times as well which was which was nice so yeah mm. i think i think five or six is about the number i'd say i sadly ne- never saw them play live by themselves like 
at a festival at 5 p.m. isn't the best time to see Frightened Rabbit. <laughs> so I never really felt it. So I, I missed out, unfortunately. Yeah, I was going to ask kind of, is this a song that they always close with? Um, and when's it from, actually? Is, yeah, it's from 2010, right? So yeah. it would have been an early yeah. song. Yeah. Um... I think, mm-hmm. yeah, all but maybe one. I think they they close with this. Like I I can't remember exactly what other songs they played, but um, but yeah, I think they just got to a point where they. I think it became a thing. Everyone knew that it was happening, and I think they realized, yeah, what what was going on with the crowd, and and that was kind of give the people what they want. But it was um, there's definitely a real mm-hmm. catharsis to it. So yeah, I think they just stuck with it. Does it bother you that they never made it like big? Or are you happy that they're kind of like your more personal band? I don't know. Um. I, I I get why they didn't, um, because I, I think there are, I don't know, there are certain singles that they had where I don't know if they maybe just had them in a different sort of order. Maybe it would have gone a little bit differently for them. Um, I think maybe some of the songs from the Winter of Mixed Drinks are probably the sort of the bigger heavy hitters. I think Nothing Like You that I've mentioned already is is one of the songs I think should have been a lot bigger than it was. Um. But then it's difficult because I think they, they just don't. They, I don't think they had enough singles to really make it big. I think they had a you know a couple of real like absolute bangers the first time you listen to them songs on their albums, and then a lot of growers uh, essentially. So I don't know if it bothers me. I I I probably would have if you asked me that like I don't know five or ten years ago i probably would have said that i was glad that they didn't make it big because you know i it's very hipster yeah and it's very it's like, special to me yeah. in that way i think now i mean i don't really care too much whether a, a band is like hugely commercially successful or not i just i like what i like um and it would have been nice for them to get more money maybe but um but yeah mm-hmm. i i think i think there's a there's a lot here that's maybe underappreciated so so we asked a question well, yeah, I think I'll start with you because probably uh, you don't know what your answer is going to be, Fran. Overrated or underrated? Uh, well, they're definitely underrated because I very rarely come across a frightened rabbit fan. So thank you, Shane, Represent. for coming along. Um, they seem to be like kind of like more popular in America. To be fair, like I think a lot, a lot of the indie scene in, in the America kind of put from under under their wing, and a lot of bands from yeah, that noughties American scene, you know, were using them as a their tour support, but. Alas, it didn't quite happen for them. So, Babs, uh, I'm guessing it's going to be sad news today. (laughs) So I I will say that I think they're underrated because I think it's a shame that people only know them for for the sad story of of Scott's death. So thank you, Shane, for bringing them along and and for being so open, um, you know, about why, why, why you like them and why they mean so much to you and I'm sure why they mean so much to a lot of people that totally comes through like it was very you know sometimes we're a bit bitchy it's very very difficult to be <laughs> bitchy but I was like god I really oh Jesus Christ uh you know I, yeah I, I messaged Tram before being like I, I really hope you like this band because I'm, I'm worried <laughs> about the notes that I've uh I I've taken they're clearly a band mm. that have touched people um a lot and but I think yeah just on on a personal level a band where you know, the, the lyrics are one of the best things about them. That's rarely going to resonate with me. But I, I did notice, I thought it was interesting. They have 280,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. I think their most played song has like 14 million. So it's obviously people are playing them over and over and over same. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
you know, on on commercial, so, you know, I I literally just started listening to Holy mm. before you came on, Shane. That that definitely cut through very quickly. But I think this is a very yeah, it's very delicate music put together. You know, it's not none of the songs that you've picked are like are immediate commercial bangers, right? Like unless someone you know picks up a bit of it and speeds it up or slows it down for TikTok, I don't think the the modern generation is you know who isn't kind of poetically inclined is is gonna is gonna come to it. But I they clearly have a reasonable and dedicated fan. You know, one of the ones we did had like two thousand monthly listeners. You know, two hundred eighty thousand. That's decent, and um, you know, despite them them not being my cup of tea, I hope I hope more people discover them and um, and find meaning in them because yeah, they they are interesting and meaningful bands. Surprised they're not on more soundtracks. To be fair, you think they'd be perfect for a lot of uh, indie film soundtracks. But the Definitely. wood the wood pile has got forty million. I'm surprised that's the most played track. To be fair, so maybe that is on some sort of. Uh, I think film um, I got very excited at one point because um, was the, there was a Mel Gibson film where he. Did he play a puppet, or he became a? Yeah, the beaver. Yeah, yeah. so beaver um, film was, swim yeah. until you can't see land. It's a frightened rabbit song, and it, I think it was the main song in that in the trailer for that film. That is not who I would. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird moment for me, being like, "Oh, do I, do I like this song being used for this movie?" And also, I think they were using that song to advertise uh, Campbell's Soup at the same time, um, which is a bit of a, wow. a weird crossover. Prefer Campbell's soup to a sexist anti-Semite, personally, but uh... to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, but definitely, you know, I, I was very scathing about Architect and the Rolling Hills, um, but definitely the the songs that I preferred, like like Oil Slick, definitely could be used to soundtrack an indie film. As you said, it's 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 indie folk for a, an indie audience. Well, I mean, Edit Smith gets a lot of plays, so maybe it's time for Fun Rabbit to uh, have their share. Um, so Shane, where can we find you online? You've mentioned the podcast already, but are you on the socials, etc.? Well, personally, no, um, because I mainly just <laughs> share pictures of my eighteen-month-old uh, son, and uh, that's both personal and boring. Um, but no, I mixtape and identity <laughs> is, is the main place where you can find me um, on Instagram at mixtape and identity. I am on Twitter at mixtape and ID, but um, I don't really use it, so. Instagram will be fine. You mentioned that you're on Twitch as well. Are you streaming? Oh yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I am. I am on Twitch. It's uh, Yak Enemy is the is the name on Twitch. I'm very, very occasional uh, streaming there. Like uh, it's been once a month, if that. Um, I've been playing Portal Two recently, um, which has been a lot of fun. Um, a friend of mine uh, streams on Twitch. Uh, the Macaroni Prince. He is um, my my best mate, basically, and I'm on with him semi regularly. So if you want to hear more of me on Twitch playing games like uh, Fall Guys or survival games, then you can check him out, and I'll pop up every now and then. Well, thank you very much, Shane, for for coming on and for your your <laughs> the best of Southern Scotland, as we're yeah. call this episode, obviously. And yeah, guys, check out Mixtaping Identity because I, I really I. Re- the reason I really like it is precisely because you don't really have to know the the person who's on the, the template t- basically reveals who the person is through through the episode and uh, yeah I find it a very interesting concept so check it out Fran any any last well, words I will say that obviously yeah I as another guy who's suffered of mental health um if you're feeling 
the darkness, um, please do reach out because there's too many unhappy endings in this world. And hopefully we will have a happy ending for this podcast by Babs giving me some joy. Well, at- <laughs> do you know, I, I was going to make a joke, but then I was like, oh, he's going to say, when he said, we're heading towards the darkness. And I was going to say, he doesn't mean Justin Hawkins. <laughs> so, uh, which Fran keeps sending me videos of Justin oh, Hawkins doing music reviews, which I will, I will watch one day, but yeah, I just haven't had the attention span because my own mental health problems are ADHD, mm. which are very different from this. And I don't, yeah, I, my, my problems are more attention span related. Um, so, so yeah, no, definitely. I am, I love hearing men talking about their, their mental health and uh, yeah, I think we could even put some. Yeah. Can some I add to that? that actually, there, there's a, there's a charity the... that was set up in Scott's name called mm-hmm. Tiny Changes, um, which is based around a lyric of his, which is, um, uh, while I'm alive, I'll make tiny changes to earth, which again, beautiful sentiment uh yeah he definitely did um but it's uh, a mental health charity that's been set up in his name and um yeah a a cause that we um i say we me and my friend uh, the macaroni prince um have supported on a number of occasions and um yeah a a great outlet so you can check him out as well indeed so if you listen to this episode and enjoyed it please go ahead and check it out and uh and as ever keep supporting live music we always we always say that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about this as well. In a week where Ian Brown is in the news for basically doing karaoke <laughs> for forty quid, and lots of people have been like, "Well, you're better off supporting smaller artists." And yeah, go go and see those support bands. You know, both of you guys discovered Frightened Rabbit as a support band. Go mm-hmm. and see the support band. Support live music. Support new artists, especially in these post-COVID times. And um, I was going to say keep on rocking, but it feels like such an empty sentiment. Keep on rocking, guys. Keep on rocking in the free world. As we always say, keep on rocking. <laughs> but buy the merch, keep on rocking. Till next time, yeah. thanks again, Shane, and goodbye. Bye. So that was our South Scotland episode. Thank you, Shane. If you are a frightened rabbit fan there's a fantastic emotional interview with the former augustines lead singer william mccarthy on the seattle radio station kexp which is worth checking out on youtube where he chats about his uh, time with scott and his thoughts on his passing and like always if you enjoyed this conversation please do share with other podcast music fans and like and subscribe we are on twitter at ou music pod and instagram at over underrated music pod and you can even find us on gmail at over underrated music pod at gmail.com so thanks again and till next time bye bye